Welcome to Hit It, the Water Skier Magazine podcast, presented by USA Water Ski and Wake Sports, where we catch up each month with current stars, rising stars, and legends from the past from USA Water Ski and Wake Sports and its nine sport disciplines. This episode is brought to you by Visit Central Florida, the water ski capital of the world. I'm your host, Tyler Boyd. Welcome back, everyone, to the Hit It Podcast, a super special episode here for you today as I had the opportunity to catch up with Miss America. That's right. The current Miss America, Grace Stanky, joins me in the virtual studio to talk about water skiing. Grace shares with us how she was introduced to competitive water skiing while attending the University of Wisconsin-Madison. During her time on the ski team, she competed in all three events, and she also served as ski team president. In this interview, you will see her passion for nuclear energy as she aspires to be a nuclear engineer looking forward to clean energy and a cleaner future. We were thrilled that we had the opportunity to catch up with Grace during her reign as Miss America, and it is not a long shot to say that we might see Grace on the water soon taking up swivel skiing. This is certainly an exciting episode that you're not going to want to miss. Here's my interview with Miss America, Grace Stinky. This episode of the Water Skier Magazine's Hit It Podcast is proudly sponsored by Radar Skis. Radar was founded and led by skiers who have instilled the passion to push beyond the norm and make better products. We never stop dreaming of what's next and what we can do to make skiing even better. Our constant desire to push the sport leads us to where we are now. We have fun creating every day so you can have fun on the water. See the full range of Radar goods at RadarSkis.com. Just go ski. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hit It podcast. I am super excited to have this guest in the virtual studio today. None other than Miss America, Grace Stanky. Grace, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Tyler. I'm super excited. Water skiing is a sport that I got into very on a whim. And now it's like an essential part of my life. I literally could not imagine it without water skiing. <laughs> well, and that is going to be, you know, the topic of conversation. We're also going to talk about your your platform. But what are you about midway through your reign here in 2023 as Miss America? How's everything going? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I'm about a third of the way through. Everything is really, really fantastic so far. I've been to 10 different states plus D.C. so far, uh, done thousands of miles of travel, I couldn't tell you. And I do everything ranging from going skydiving with the Army to laying the wreath at Arlington Cemetery to, you know, working with my social impact initiative and visiting power plants and then talking with kids all across the country about how awesome nuclear science is. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're just so excited that you have the time to sit down and talk water skiing with us today. Um, I wanted to know about your start. How did you get started in water skiing? I understand that, you know, it kind of became a, a huge interest in college, but did you have any experience prior to college? Yeah. So I definitely had like the desire growing up. I remember the first time I really got exposed to water skiing was We've always, so for context here, my family has had land up north Wisconsin, you know, it's on the border of the UP, middle of nowhere, beautiful lake, 80 feet deep, um, clear blue water. It's amazing, right? You can always appreciate a good lake. And we only ever had a jet ski growing up, actually. So my mom had a pair of old skis and I remember they were, they were pulled out 
because uh, she used to show ski growing up, I found out they were pulled out probably when I was like seven or something. And they were way too big for me, right? Like yes. I was so determined to learn how to ski that day, but never did. My sister did, my brother did, and I was just the jealous little kid. But then after that, I, you know, it kind of disappeared for a while. I didn't really think about water skiing. It never really kind of showed up again in my life uh, until college, where I just went to the org fair with some friends and came across the Wisconsin Water Ski and Wakeboard Club. And I was like, all right, let's see how it goes. Uh, and I joined it and now here I am. <laughs> that so is so, that is, yeah, that is so cool because yeah. it, when you, when you mention Wisconsin in the water skiing world, you think of show skiing and you're, you typically you're out on a big lake and at least maybe you saw that from time to time. And then you go to college and then you learn about this thing called competitive water skiing where you're like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I always like to talk about like show skiing versus three eventing in terms of like a team structure and what it's like. You know, I'd compare playing on a soccer team as like show skiing where you really do have to rely on working together a lot. And, you know, you've got to work on with other people to build pyramids and things like that. That's not really a one man thing versus three event skiing is a little bit more like running track and field. Right. It's you kind of just alone. Uh, but you're still competing for a team and working on that team environment and really having all of that energy. So I really, I'm personally, as of right now, prefer three eventing, but I'm still exploring the show skiing world. I go to state show ski pretty much every year down in Wisconsin Rapids, uh, just because it's a fun weekend to to watch and spend time with other water skiers. I bought a swivel ski. I've been out on it like four times, I think. That's okay. About it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was a good deal that I couldn't pass up. So I was like, I know I'm going to get into it at some point in my life, but yeah. <laughs> that, it, it, oh man, that's awesome. So already to the swivel ski, because when you come to college, uh, you, University of Wisconsin-Madison, I guess, do you, how, how did they recruit there? Is that like a table out in a forum area or how did they grab your attention? Yeah, so for me specifically, the org fair was how I found out about them. So they're at the Cole Center, which is our big basketball stadium and things like that at UW-Madison. Uh, and all of the student orgs had posters and a table that they set up and like new new students or people interested in joining new orgs could just walk around this, this org fair and look at all the different clubs. And water ski and wakeboard caught my attention and it was just something that I signed up for. I went to the the first meeting and, you know, that was it. The rest is history. And I later went on to become fundraising chair for two years. I was president for a semester. Uh, I became Miss Wisconsin, so I had to pass off the presidency, sadly. But um, it was something that all of a sudden became such a huge passion for me. Uh, throughout the rest of my college career. And honestly, I can't imagine, you know, the rest of my life without it. I sit here and I look at like forward facing plants and I'm like, you think I, you think there's a three event lake, you know, out there that I can live <laughs> on? And like, you know, I like that's, that's a subject of conversation that is honestly deciding where I want to go with my life from here on out. <laughs> that's awesome. So I guess they're going, okay, Grace, we'd love to have you on the team. By the way, we do slalom, trick, and jump. You're probably thinking like, okay, tell me more about that. Wait a minute. I'm going to go over ramp and all these things. But like, you hold nothing back. Like, you're already to the swivel ski, right? Like, you're into the fourth event. Um, At this point, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so, so, how did it go, let's say, with jump, for example? Like, do you get out to the lake and you're like, really? I'm going over this ramp? So a really funny story. So three events for, I mean, I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast knows, but slalom, trick and jump, 
when I first joined the team, I was only capable of like just dropping a ski and slaloming away. I couldn't do a slalom deep up. I just, I was like not a good skier. Um, and they were like, okay, slalom, you ski around six buoys as fast as you can with as short of a rope as you can trick. You do all these like cool swaggy things on a trick ski and then ramp, you go off the jump. And I went to my first tournament with the team and keep in mind, collegiate tournaments, you bring a tent, you camp in a cornfield, and like that's it. <laughs> that's what you do. You spend your weekend in a cornfield alongside a lake uh, in Iowa is where this tournament was. <laughs> and I'm like a freshman, okay? And I call my parents, and I'm like, yeah, so I'm in Iowa right now. And they're like, why are you in Iowa? We sent you to Madison, right? <laughs> um, I'll never forget that weekend. For whatever reason, I was having like really bad back problems, and I just wasn't feeling well. Uh, I, I was obviously a B team skier, not a team skier. So I was not doing important things. Uh, and all the B team stuff was later on. So I never tried trick skiing that weekend, uh, slalom. I ended up scratching because I wanted to go home earlier. But the one thing I did do, despite having a super like in pain back, I went off the jump because I was like, what's the worst that can happen? You know? And when you're approaching a six foot ramp, I'm a pretty fearless person, right? I mentioned I went skydiving earlier. Like I had no qualms about that. Like I was like, let's do it. Um, but jump is something that I wish I had more preparation going into it because <laughs> I feel like technical skills just make it much safer. <laughs> right, right, right. So right. that's something that like for when it comes to jumping, my biggest piece of advice is honestly have a conversation with someone who has gone off the jump and landed it before. When you walk around a three-event collegiate tournament, you ask for advice and everyone just goes, well, these trees freeze, good luck, have fun. Um, <laughs> and sometimes that's a little terrifying when you're a 17-year-old girl in the middle of a cornfield in Iowa. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But, yeah. You know, the ramp is one of those things. It's like the distinctive mark of water skiing, right? People identify kind of what the slalom course is, but when there's a ramp out in the middle of the lake and people who don't know anything about skiing drive by, they're like, oh, that's that's different. Do you go off that? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I've gone off the jump a couple times since, you know, I did it a couple times throughout my collegiate career. I'm kind of like letting that be though for now, I think. Letting it be, <laughs> respecting the ramp. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll get into it, you know, post Miss America when I don't need my body as 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 urgently as I do right now for work. Um, but you know, I'll I'll let myself beat my body up later on in life, I think. So yeah, no, it's 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 super fun, but there is a risk reward that goes with jump, no doubt about it. Well talk to us a little bit about your team up there in Wisconsin. Wisconsin known for great skiing uh forever. I mean for decades. I, I take it that they competed at the collegiate nationals. I just wanted to know the involvement as far as the competitive level of the team and how they're doing right now. Yeah, actually. So we're actually pretty good for a team that doesn't have a coach that doesn't have school funding. Um, and we only have access to water, you know, three, four months a year. We are actually the last two years we placed seventh at division one nationals. So that makes us the best club team in the nation. I believe, I don't think, I think ASU is, varsity correct yeah, me it might be i don't fully know i was gonna say yeah. i think they are varsity though uh, yeah. at asu so we placed seventh though at division one nationals for the past two years i did not compete this past collegiate season but i did compete the year before i was actually a team tricker you know like i was out right. my little side 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 slide back back and fall and it was great yeah. um but honestly we are a really awesome team because 
because of our culture, and that's one thing that I really love, is that because we are entirely student-run, we own a boat, uh, and it's all, you know, maintained by students on campus. It's all driven by students on campus. Our slalom course is put in, taken out by us on a public lake. Uh, and it's it's really incredible just the culture that we have in terms of supporting and bringing in new skiers. I I always was really worried about, you know, skiing is a sport that people are always interested in. You know, they see it all the time. They see wakeboarders, they see surfing, they see skiing. And they're like, yeah, that would be something I'd be willing to try. But it's really difficult to get access to the sport. So one thing that, you know, when I was on the team and, and president, I really wanted to make sure it was accessible. So, you know, we would do a lot of outreach with reaching out to at-risk youth and putting together an event where they can just come out and ski with us or just tube whatever they're comfortable with, you know. Um, but letting people who haven't grown up skiing, you know, we call some people ski babies on our team. That, you know, they, they grew up on a ski lake or something like that. Sometimes we've got to be a little bit more inclusive of people that have never been exposed to the sport before. And sure. like I was one of those people and to all of a sudden be on the A team for trick skiing, become president, that's something that's really incredible because I think that this sport is available for anyone and everyone. And the Wisconsin water ski team does a great job of doing that. Wow, that's a great story. Just to hear that your interest was piqued by finding the club on campus and then you became president, you're an A team tricker. Incredible story. And it as Miss America, skiing has been part of your platform. Like a little bit. It, it has been out there. Hey, look, I, I'm competing. I'm doing this. What kind of questions have come up along the way? Like, Grace, tell me a little bit more about this skiing. Yeah, a lot of people don't even know water skiing can be competitive. Uh, typically, you know, in the Midwest, people know show skiing and things like that. Or in Florida, people know show skiing. It really depends on the region of where I'm in. Some people, they actually know what three eventing is in like the Southwest region, I'd say. Um, and it's really fascinating to have that experience because everyone's got a little bit different knowledge surrounding the sport of water skiing, but it's really fun to talk about it because it's something that has become such a big part of my life. Never would I have imagined submitting an order for a brand new trick ski, like through the pro form. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing spending this money? Right. But it's really fun because to me, water skiing is one of my favorite ways to relax. It's one of my favorite ways to just hang out, have a good time and just have fun. Uh, which is something that for me, I'm in a very high stress job as Miss America. It's it's constant travel and things like that. And it's one of my favorite things. I reached out to ski lakes when I am traveling and I'm like, hey, you know, what's the chance I can come out for a set? And that's one thing that's really awesome about the water ski community is they are so excited to get people involved in the, the sport. They're so excited to just meet other skiers and hang out and have a good time. And that's something that I really, really love. Well, you definitely have a lot going along, along with skiing. And so before Miss America, you were Miss Wisconsin, plus you were going to school to be a nuclear engineer. I mean, just a lot of things going on. Talk to me a little bit about the process of winning Miss America. How were you able to balance so many different things going into the competition? Yeah, so I'm a intense multitasker <laughs> and a very overachieving person, I think. We can all pick up on that by now. In the fall, I, I didn't ski. I had mentioned that. So Miss Wisconsin leading up to Miss America, I became Miss Wisconsin in June of 2022. Uh, Miss America was in December of 2022. So I ended up actually taking the year off of water skiing. I handed off the presidency to someone else because I knew as Miss Wisconsin, I would have commitments on the weekends to attend. Uh, it's a paid position as Miss Wisconsin, so that that takes priority at that point. 
So unfortunately, I couldn't justify being president of the team if I'm not going to tournaments. You know, that's not what I would want in a leader if I were on the team, if I were a freshman joining. Uh, so I was like, okay, I want to hand this off to someone who's able to be there and able to be the leader that the team needs. Uh, so because of that, in the fall, water skiing did take a little bit of a step back. Uh, you know, I had some fun at the end of the summer, you know, messed around with trying barefooting and all sorts of that stuff. But <laughs> otherwise, once fall came around, I, I didn't do it competitively at the time. So I was balancing school, being Miss Wisconsin, preparing for Miss America. Uh, I was I had some things going on with work as well as a nuclear engineering student at the time. It's a lot of to-do lists, you know, a lot mm. of making sure that when I feel empty at the end of the day, I take time to recharge myself. Water skiing is one of my favorite ways to do that. You know, I talk about being Miss America. So we have a headquarters down in Florida and I I reached out to Hope Ski Lake and they were like, yeah, anytime you want, like come out and ski, we'd love to have you. And that's something that's really, really awesome uh, that I, if I can, you know, if I have that opportunity, I always take it because I love, I love skiing. It's great. Yeah, that. That's awesome. Well, I want to draw a parallel from to skiing to winning Miss America. And I think that parallel is in skiing and especially in slalom skiing, there's only one chance, right? Like you either run that pass or you don't run that pass or you get that buoy or you don't get that buoy. There's one chance. And from what I understand about the Miss America pageant is you're Miss Wisconsin one time and you have one time to win Miss yes. America. What did it feel like? to get into the top two and be standing there and then all of a sudden be crowned Miss America. Yeah, so uh, it's you're correct. You know, you only get to go to Miss America once. You can only hold a state title once. Uh, you can compete for a state title multiple times, but once you become Miss Wisconsin or Miss Nevada or whatever it might be, uh, you can only be a state title holder once. You can't move to a different state and compete again. For me personally, I think one of the biggest misconceptions about Miss America is that, you know, it's really there to be, I, I wasn't necessarily there to become Miss America. I wanted the job. I was ready for the job. But at the same time, 50 women surrounded me with pure joy, with pure happiness, with the same ambition, the same uh, driven mindset that I have. And I really was so excited just to be there. I was already Miss Wisconsin. I was already living out the dream there. You know, I had a life set up where I was planning on moving to Phoenix in July of 23. I was, you know, set to graduate school this spring. I had a plan set up that I was so excited for that, honestly, making just the top 11 at Miss America, I was like, cool, I'm good. Whatever happens, <laughs> happens. I was like, I was so excited because I know I had put in a lot of work leading up to Miss America and I wanted to see some results. And once I got into the top 11, I was like, all right, whatever happens, happens. And I said this at multiple appearances leading up to Miss America is that you can do the work to get into the top 11. But after that, it's entirely of is is it what they're looking for? Is it what they want in a representative of the organization? So at that point, it's up to luck, in all honesty. Uh, and I, I just so happened to, to have that perfect combination of, of work and the timing of everything going on surrounding the nuclear industry and what Miss America is going through as well right now as an organization. It, it worked out that I was the, the next representative standing there in the top two with Taryn, Miss New York, who I actually have a call with later this afternoon. Super excited. Um, we're good friends. It's something that once you get to that moment, you know, it's already a huge accomplishment just to make the top five at Miss America. 
And I was so thankful just to be there. So thankful to be standing there with another woman who I know can do the job, who I know would be a remarkable Miss America. Having that opportunity to support her in her year or vice versa, which is what it ended up being, is incredible. And I, I'm forever thankful for that. And I know it sounds super cliche, but it's it really is true that my best friends have come out of this organization and I could not be more thankful for that. Yeah. And from what I understand, Miss America also involves a performance of the violin. Tell yes. us a little bit about the violin. How did you get involved with, with that instrument? And was that something that you grew up doing or just, I, I just want to know more about that because yeah. in, in some sense, you're, you're a nuclear engineer on this side, but you're also a musician on the other side. Yeah, this is something I talked about at Miss America. So, and this is where water skiing and everything kind of ties together is I, I wanted my brand of being the woman who can uh, to carry into my, my year as Miss America. So being a competitive water skier, a classical violinist, a nuclear engineer, an outdoors woman, uh, and all of those things, you know, you can do whatever you set your mind to and you don't have to be put in a box because... Uh, yeah, so it, when it comes to violin, though, specifically, I started when I was eight years old. I took private lessons and I just I fell in love with the instrument, especially my dad went through cancer twice and it became a really big emotional escape for me. It was a healthy way for me to cope with my emotions and to let out the stress, the anger, the sadness, the frustration, whatever it might be. Uh, and because of that, it became a big part of my life. And I think it forever will be a big part of my life at this point. I have no plans to pursue it professionally, but I enjoy it. And it's it's something that is a part of me in a good way. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So I, we'll talk. I, yeah, go yeah. ahead. I was going to say, I played that at Miss America. I played Storm by Vivaldi. It was it was fun. Nice. I've played all sorts of things on my violin. Last year, I played Thunderstruck by ACDC. Nice. Um, there's all sorts of different things that, you know, I, I found that despite being classically trained, all I wanted to do was just play music that I wanted. Uh, versus music that is standard, you know, following the classical route. <laughs> and uh, I had a lot of fun with my violin all throughout high school. And I still, to this day, like I'm looking at pieces from Phantom of the Opera and things like that, where it's a very versatile instrument. Very, very, very cool. Well, I want to hear more about your platform uh, with nuclear energy, zero carbon. Tell us a little bit about that and where you're heading with that in the future. Yeah, I'm a nuclear engineering student at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, so that's really where this all stemmed. And it stemmed from a frustration of when I told people I'm a nuclear engineer, they would look at me and go, oh, so you build bombs. And that's totally not it at all. Like, at the end of the day, uh, that's maybe 2 to 5% of our entire industry. When I look at, okay, nuclear medicine is what saved my dad's life, not once but twice from cancer. Uh, it's in bananas. You know, nuclear science is in bananas. It's in smoke detectors. It's all around us. Uh, it powers 20% of America. And I think that's something that we need to talk about more. As I got more into my studies, I learned more about our energy grid and our power grid overall and realize the, the necessity that we need for a more diversified energy portfolio overall. You know, I talk about zero carbon specifically because I think that's what we should be building from here on out. I don't think we as a nation can afford to shut down fossil fuel plants. We don't have enough energy to replace that at this moment. So we need to focus on building more energy sources such as nuclear power, such as solar and wind, depending on if it works best in your environment. I do like to say, you know, nuclear, obviously I'm biased, but nuclear doesn't depend on the outside environment. It's very effective in my entire lifetime and in your entire lifetime. The amount of waste you and I would produce 
individually, each of us would be the size of a soda can. That's what the nuclear industry is in terms of effectiveness and the ability to change lives is a small amount goes for an entire lifetime. And that's incredible. Uh, you know, with things like solar and wind, I'm from Wisconsin, right? We don't see the sun for like four months of the year. So I'm not sure if solar panels would be a wise choice here. Uh, but in a state like Florida or Arizona or California, where it is much, much sunnier and maybe better ski weather too, you know, solar panels sure. might be a better option. I know people have them on their boat lifts all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, very cool. Uh, well, let's talk about social media and, um, I, I, I've read a little bit about um, your platform on that, but to curate a feed that promotes positive health. Talk to us about that. Yeah, for me specifically, social media, I'm not like wanting to be an influencer. I'm not wanting to uh, make a career out of being on social media in any capacity. I use social media as a form of fun and truly letting people see into my life, the aspects that I want them to see because I am a very, very private person at the end of the day. Uh, there's a lot of things that I don't post on social media that, you know, it's it's meant for me. There's a lot of good memories that I don't post because I'm like, this is just something that's going to stay up here because it's just a good memory to have. Truly, I think when it comes to social media, I, I love to surround myself with other people that I follow and people that are supportive and show what it is to be a true human being, you know, whether that shows the the fun falls when skiing, because it's not perfect all the time or whatever it might be. That's truly something that I've realized is really important to me. It helps my mental health and helps my uh, image as I reflect back on myself. So I, I don't run the Miss America accounts, you know, they do whatever they do as an organization. Um, but when it comes to my personal social media feed, I just want to show people what it's like to be a human being at the end of the day. Very cool. Very cool. And I, and, and, and you're exactly right. I've noticed that about some influencers that are more transparent than others, that sometimes a level of transparency, especially when it comes to athletes, not to show that everything's perfect all the time saying, yeah. Oh, I fell a hundred times trying this particular flip exactly. inspires people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's also just like at the end of the day, I, I, I'm i so one thing that I get frustrated with is when we really do put people up on pedestals, because you don't know what happens at the end of the day. You don't know if that person truly is admirable or not. You don't know what goes on behind the scenes. And there there's levels of inspiration and levels of, of acknowledgement that we can have from every athlete, from every leader, from every politician. But at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And sure. I think we've gotten to this point in society where we have strived for perfection so much that we want to just completely ignore these flaws. But flaws are what make us human. Flaws are what make us who we are and what make us incredible people as it is. Yeah, well, very well said. Very well said. Shifting right back to collegiate skiing, since you just went through the entire experience of collegiate skiing all the way from really not knowing about competitive water skiing to being president of the team, going off the ramp, tricking, slalom skiing. Um, what advice would you have for college students looking to get into water skiing or that are currently on teams? What, what general advice would you have for them? Yeah, you know, it's a it's a combination of things because you've got people like me who knew nothing about skiing, but then you've got people uh, like some of my best friends that grew up skiing. You know, there's two very different levels, but when it comes to collegiate skiing, one thing that I really loved and I honestly recommend to everyone to focus on is just focus on the people. One thing that I loved about collegiate tournaments 
was it wasn't cheering just for your team. You were cheering for everyone. When someone went out there and, you know, when someone from ISU or something came up and was like, yeah, this is this guy's first time up on skis and we're sending him off the ramp. Like, you know, we would go crazy cheering that person on because that's really what's awesome about the water ski community is that it's about supporting skiers for skiers. It's not necessarily about supporting skiers for competitiveness. It's truly about the love of this sport, the fun of the sport, um, you know, I've never been to a pro event, so maybe this is different at a pro event, but <laughs> I think that that's one thing about collegiate skiing that take the time, get to know people on your team and outside of your team too, uh, and have fun, you know, relax, yeah. make sure to get your homework done before tournament. <laughs> it sucks to be doing homework at a tournament. Sure. It really, really sucks. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny that you say that about, I think the, the collegiate skiing has a lot of lessons for the pro tournaments, really. Um, um, there's there's a certain camaraderie there and excitement, especially at collegiate nationals, that my hope is that it influences the rest of the sport. So there's a lot to be said there. When you reflect on that collegiate experience, was there one memory that just stands out as like, man, that was unbelievable? I mean, we heard about Iowa. We heard about the cornfield. Was there anything else um, that was your favorite memory? Yeah. So like speaking to that culture, I'll do one like this is kind of a sad story, but it really impacted me. And then I'll do one kind of positive story, too. But I remember my my only time I went to nationals because I started in 2020 or 2019 and then COVID hit. So we didn't have a ski season. I've only had one full ski season wow. um, as a skier. But I went to nationals in 2021. 21. Yeah, 2021. Yeah. There we go. It was at Bennett's down in Louisiana. Yeah. And I remember we're watching jump, which like men's jump D one high energy, like you're getting to the the fifth round jumpers and, you know, people are going like 170 feet and I'm like, man, I can go 30 and I'm happy. Right? <laughs> um, and, you know, I, it, we were at the point where it was an LSU skier, I believe. I think it was LSU. He would, he skied and he, he took a bad fall. Like it was, it was not good. Uh, and I had never really seen a bad fall at that point in time. You know, I've seen people where it's like, okay, he got the breath knocked out of him. Okay. That might've been like a bruised rib or something, but I've never been to the point where it's like, did that dude just get paralyzed? And I'll never forget the absolute silence for the next 20 minutes that the entire grounds went to just mm. because people wanted to know if he was okay. They wanted to help. I mean, people were clearing paths. They were there to help in that scenario. And that that student, to the best of my knowledge, is okay. Uh, we reached out to the team and we're like, hey, is he is he good? Like, are we are we good? <laughs> and they sure. said, yes, like he's in the hospital and he's doing fine. And that's something that like is also kind of humbling too, as as one of the athletes where you remember, okay, this is an extreme sport. We've got to remember that sometimes. But that was really just a moment where I saw the entire water ski community come together people in the water doing what they can to help people, you know, pushing, uh, clearing a path for an ambulance to get to the lakefront. Like that was something that just kind of spoke to the culture where in a time of need, we all come together and we're all there right. for each other. But on a more bright side, I also think a lot about that nationals trip in terms of just driving down to nationals. Mm -hmm. I drove 
and okay. driving people all over the state. I'm a driver. I'm I'm truly. Okay, I was going to ask if that was a requirement of the presidency of the team. No, hey, you're gosh, the driver no. too. <laughs> <laughs> I was not president at the time. I actually okay. turned into a fun little road trip. I left like a day early, and I stopped in Arkansas, like at Hot Springs National Park. I love national parks, so I was like, cool. Let's make this a fun trip. Um, so it was me and two other team members in the car on the drive down, and we had all the equipment stuffed in the trunk. And I remember showing up and I, okay, I drove a challenger down, which was very fun. I loved it. Best time of my life. Uh, the cops thankfully never pulled me over, but (laughs) we're going to keep that under wraps. And I'll never forget just like, honestly, talking with people about their experience in water skiing. When I got to nationals, meeting people from outside the Midwest, I love Midwest water skiing, uh, but it was awesome to meet people from Texas A&M, from Florida, from Arizona, from all over the place. Uh, and the challenger was a great conversation starter when I, you know, rolled up and they're like, what team yeah. are you? Is that school funded? I'm like, no, <laughs> I wish it's, it's my parents, but, <laughs> um, so that was something that it was just really incredible meeting people and feeling the support, feeling the love, telling them, Hey, it's my first time, you know, skiing at a national competition and just listening to the words of wisdom and support and things like that. It's truly the friendships that I've loved and cherished throughout my time in water skiing. Very, very, very cool. Well, I was wondering if you could finish this statement for me. I water ski because. Ooh, I water ski because of the people. You know, yeah. I, I really think about, yes, I love the sport and I love actually skiing. But one of the things that I do that I love about going out on the boat is truly, you know, going out, spending the whole day trying to learn a Waco or whatever it might be. Um, I'm not a very good, I can't pick up things naturally. It's one of my frustrations when I go out with friends and they'll be like, I'm just going to try a Waco and they do it. And I'm like, screw you. (laughs) But but then to be able to pull them back into the boat and be like, yo man, like that was awesome. Fist bumps, all the good things. It's the people and that fun culture, that relaxed culture of truly when you're on a boat, you can't have a bad time. Uh, And that's something that I just, I really, really love. So I water ski because of the people, because the people make it awesome. Very cool. And it's, it's interesting you say that, Grace, because on this podcast, we seem to always get back to the people, the family, you know, the family outside of our biological families is the family of water skiers that like the experience you said, you know, if somebody's hurt, they're going to pave the way to make sure they're okay. And they're always going to be cheering each other on and it just has that type of environment. Well, if as you're on the the back half of your reign here for uh, Miss America, what can we expect in the future, and what are your future goals looking forward? Well, first of all, the rest of the year as Miss America, I am trying to get to a couple of show skis and do a little, okay. little fun thing there, there as Miss America. I'm actually reaching out. You might have a contact. I would love to know how to get to national. I think we can find some contacts for you. <laughs> I was going to say, I know. feel like you might be a good uh, good starting <laughs> point here. I would love to like go to some of these tournaments to to not only have like that opportunity to bring Miss America to the sport, but to bring the sport to an outside world that, you know, it's, it's always something that water skiing is a very internal sport uh, and having that outreach, having that opportunity to reach a different audience. I would love to do that for the sport. Um, so that's in the plans this year, but afterwards, you know, I talked about one of the the decision-making things for where I move after Miss America is done truly does include, is there a three event lake that's nearby? Right. <laughs> and I love that. Um, but where I go after this, you know, 
I'm finishing up my nuclear engineering degree this year. I dropped down to part-time schooling and I'm doing it online. So right now I'm in senior design uh, and one other class. And then I have two classes this summer, one in the fall, graduate in the fall, right? And then I wrap up Miss America in January. So that means I've got some time to figure out what I want to do. I don't know exactly where I'll end up working, but I love the work I do right now as Miss America, advocating for the nuclear industry, talking with people and talking... um, I, I I always say I'm too much of a people person to be an engineer and just sit behind the desk, you know, but I want to enhance my technical skills too. So wherever I can do those two things, both a hybrid technical and advocacy kind of work, that's the plan right now. So that it's is... probably going to be somewhere warmer than Wisconsin and somewhere I can ski there, for more there than you four go. months a year. <laughs> yeah, if you can get a three event, a three event lake site in a warm climate, it doesn't yeah. get any better than that. I mean, and if I'm being honest, so one of the spots I'm looking at is is near Phoenix, and there's a three-event lake there, and I swear if anyone buys this property that I'm looking at, and before I buy it, because this gets published, I'm going to throw hands, but there's a three-event <laughs> lake that was built nearby to, like, the workplace I'm looking at, and it's all empty lots, and I'm like, okay, you know, you buy a lot when you're young, save until, save until, like, I've got enough money to build a house on there and then move out there. I'm like, that would be amazing. You know, no, that's that, the would, that sounds like a good plan to me. I've got nuclear power plants nearby. I've got good weather and I've got a water ski lake. What else do you need? <laughs> there you go. Miss America's set with that. So, well, Grace, this has been a fantastic interview and I wanted to give a handoff to you. If people are interested to in finding more about what you're doing and more about what Miss America is doing, where can they find you? Yeah, so look up Miss America on any social media accounts. Uh, that'll take you to the organization's page. But if you want to follow me, not only throughout this year and uh, after my year has concluded, I am either Grace.Stanky on things like Instagram or TikTok, uh, but also Grace Stanky on Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever it might be. So feel free to reach out. I'd love it. Send me your cool water skiing videos, uh, your favorite lakes across the country, and I'll try and make it out to those lakes. All right. Yeah, that, that, I'm, I'm excited. And if you need any contact, you don't hesitate. Reach out to us. We'll we'll hook you up. Um, yeah. But Grace Stinky, thanks so much for joining us here on the Hit It podcast and and just have an unbelievable year as you continue your reign as Miss America. And we hope to speak to you again soon. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Let's shred it. All the good things. <laughs> there we go. Signing off. Thanks again for listening and come back for future episodes of the Hit It Podcast as we catch up with current stars and legends of the sport. Thanks again to our sponsor, Visit Central Florida, and don't forget to subscribe, review, and rate this podcast. We'll see you next time.